Chintamani Bhumi Kalpa Briksha Maya An Charma Chakshe Dheke Tare Prapa Chere Sam The land there is touchstone, Chintamani, and the forest abound with desire trees. Material eyes see it as an ordinary place. By the grace of the Lord and his dhams, and he himself, by the grace of the Lord, his doms, and he himself can all be present simultaneously without losing their original importance. Only when one fully develops in affection and love of Godhead can one see those doms in their original appearance. Srila <coughs> Nartam does Thakur, a great acharya in the preceptorial line of Lord Shri. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has said, for our benefit that one can perfectly see the Dhams, only when one completely gives up the mentality of lording it over material nature. One's spiritual vision develops proportionately to one's giving up the debased mentality of unnecessarily enjoying matter. A diseased person who has become diseased because of a certain bad habit must be ready to follow the advice of the physician and as a natural sequence, he must attempt to give up the cause of the disease. The patient cannot indulge in the bad habit at the same time, expect to be cured by the physician. Modern materialistic civilization, however, is maintaining a diseased atmosphere. The living being is a spiritual spark, as spiritual as the Lord himself. The only difference is that the Lord is great and the living being is small. Qualitatively, they are one, but quantitatively, they are different. Therefore, since the living being is spiritual in constitution, he can be happy only in the spiritual sky, where there are unlimited spiritual spheres called Vaikuntas. A spiritual being conditioned by a material body must therefore try to get rid of his disease instead of developing the cause of the disease. Foolish persons engrossed in their material assets are unnecessarily proud of being leaders of the people, but they ignore the spiritual value of man. Such illusioned leaders make plans covering any number of years, but they can hardly make humanity happy in a state conditioned by the threefold miseries inflicted by material nature. One cannot control the laws of nature by any amount of struggling one must at last be subject to death, nature's ultimate law. Death, birth, old age, and illness are symptoms of the diseased condition of the living being. The highest aim of human life should therefore be to get free from these miseries and go back home, back to Godhead. There's so much in this uh, purport and verse that I want to go back into it. And I'm going to come into the Zoom room for just a little while.
May we see the verse? Chintamani Bhumi. So this uh, spiritual world is described throughout the Vaishnava scriptures. And this is rare because in other world scriptures, other scriptures of the world, that is, there are not so many descriptions of the spiritual world. You know, in Japan, there are many Buddhist sects, and some of them actually, historically, some of them started to describe the spiritual world as a personal place. They diverged went in many different directions, partly as a competition to Christianity, <clears throat> because nirvana is not a very appealing prospect to many people, especially when a loved one dies and they say, what happened? Is it just nothing? It's hard to abide. And uh, I've seen in various temples, you can come back into the room. I've seen in various Buddhist temples in certain sects of Buddhism, they'll have elaborate paintings on the shrines that show people and trees and animals in the spiritual world. And I noticed that it's particularly fascinating and I say compelling to see personalities and animals. I mean, who doesn't like animals? So you want to go to a place where there's no animals? Give me a break. Um, the spiritual world is full of all forms of life. In fact, they're the original forms of life. Pradhakripa, Prabhu just put up a, a rendition of uh, Krishna standing, Shamasundar with the cows. Those are his pets, Chintamani, Prakara Sadmasu, Kalpavriksha. Surabir Abhipale Antam, he has pets, uh, the cows. I mean, who wants to live without pets? And Krishna sure doesn't. He likes his cows and pets and friends and uh, places to go. Everyone wants to have some place to go. Like it's Friday night, where are we going? Let's go someplace. Everyone wants to go someplace. I know when I was a kid, that was the big thing. Where are you going on Saturday? Where are you going on Friday night? That's a natural urge to go someplace. And we also want variety as well. I know I drive Nyarakula crazy because, you know, I'll get into eating in a certain way for a while. And then all of a sudden I just stop and I'll say, that's it for that one. I want something else. <laughs> I don't like that anymore. What are you talking about? You love that. And it's like, not anymore. Um, it's just natural to, uh, to, to seek variety. Variety is a mother of enjoyment. And Chamatkar, the astonishment the devotees have at the variety in the spiritual world keeps them always entertained. Krishna is known as Kautu Karnava. He's the source of all entertainment. People look for entertainment in this world. They want to go to a big concert and see a band play. And the band really has to put up some, uh, you know, they spend $5 million for a concert so that they can uh, 
put up these huge uh, television screens and the smoke comes out from behind them and fireworks at the end. Everything uh, has to be, the sound has to be perfect. Everyone wants that some experience. A chamat car is like, wow, did you see that? And in, in the Chintamani Dham, that place is so amazing. Uh, these kinds of wondrous activities mystically created by Krishna's internal potency are going on all the time. Like the killing of Agasura is described, how this huge python in the middle of the road wanting to swallow uh, Krishna and his friends. And then they all walk inside and Krishna thinks, what are you doing that for? And then he goes in after him and saves them. It remains a place of pleasure pastimes. Every single day, several times a day, there's some amazing um, presentation by the internal potency for Krishna's pleasure, and it's, it's ever fresh. So that's the Chintamani Dhamma. Uh, we cannot uh, tolerate non-difference, that is uh, neutrality for very long. Any of you might have, might have had the experience of flying for a long time in the uh, in a jet. Those long flights. Once it starts going over eight hours, ten hours, fourteen hours. Oh my goodness, who can stand it? Beings inside there. And I remember coming back from a long flight from India, coming back into the San Francisco Bay Area. The sun was coming up, and the uh, pilot came on and he said, "Ladies and gentlemen." We'll soon be touching down on terra firma. I think touching down on terra firma. What's terra firma? I looked it up. It means earth, <laughs> terra firma. And, and I was thinking, yeah, I want to touch the earth. I want to see the green trees. I've had enough of sitting in this tube for the last 12 hours and uh, breathing the same air over and over again, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, we need, uh, that's the, Prabhupada says that, the soul wants to see the free light and the, the wondrous objects, eternal objects in the spiritual world. So that's what we hanker for. And here in the material world, it's only a reflection. Krishna talks about this in the 15th chapter of the Gita. So this all fits. It all makes sense. What fits? One part is that I'm naturally attracted to the variety of the material world. That makes sense because that's my nature. I want that variety. I want to see the different things. I also want emotion. I want to love people. As one of the things uh, people bring to Krishna consciousness is this idea that I'll have to give up my emotional attachments. And what about my family? And what about uh, loving people and things like that? It's like, it just becomes more intensified in Krishna consciousness. It's the kind of love that you can really connect to uh, on, on a, um, soul level that's so intense that uh, it's satisfying. Th that sense of relationship gets satisfied in Krishna consciousness. And Rupa Goswami emphasizes it. He says, Dadati pratigurnati guyamakyati prichiti punkte bhojayate chaiva shadviram pratilakshanam. One of the practices of Krishna consciousness as we're coming out of the material world is to reestablish spiritual relationships by interacting. Give gifts. What's the, what are the two most famous holidays in America? 
I can't tell what Shredder said, but I'll bet she said Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> but now, nowadays it's probably Halloween. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> you know, Christmas is all about as far as where I grew up, it had a lot to do with giving. Everyone gets in a giving spirit. When I was a kid, it was just like, what's this holiday for? Yeah, you're supposed to give gifts. Okay, that sounds good. I like it. And and then there's Thanksgiving where you get together and you have something to eat. Everyone cooks something special. Hey, that sounds like bhakti. Give gifts, accept gifts, have something together, and then sing. You know, in happy families, everyone gets together after dinner. They sit on the on the uh, at the piano, or they bring out. It depends where you live. Bring out a banjo or a guitar or something like that, and then just sing. Ah, that and uh, any Russian friends I've ever had. You go to their house for uh, prasadam, and then they break out the violin and the guitar and the flute. And there's not one instrument they don't play. And then, you know, everyone just enjoys um, the music. So in the spiritual world, the music is superb. You can tell from Indian classical music. It's, uh, it is, um, well, on a scientific level, one can compare it to other uh, music sciences and it's advanced, very advanced. You could say more advanced than many other uh, world systems of music. And it indicates a culture in which aesthetic beauty uh, in music, in food, in relationship, in art is kept in the, in the highest esteem. And that's the spiritual world. All the best art comes from there. All the most beautiful forms. Just talking about it, I'm thinking I'd like to go there. And that's really the process of bhakti. It's just, you just talk about what's actually there, what's really, what really exists. And then it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, let's go. How do I get there? And uh, there's a way to connect to that beauty. And that's what satisfies us. We can't be satisfied with philosophy. We have to actually connect to beauty and feel satisfied in relationships. We need relationships really deep intense relationships that's the desire of the soul to feel you have to feel there's separation you feel from others there's love you feel there's admiration you see someone you say i want to be like that i i want to serve this person all these things are there in in true the true bhakti culture and that's why it feels so right and then we have the revealed scriptures that describe the spiritual world of which this material world is a reflection. So the, the material world, it's, it's a, a reflected image. The variety is there, but you don't get the same out of it. There's something uh, wrong with it. What's wrong? Okay, you have uh, some sweet rice and then you, somebody says, well, you know, it's expensive, you know, sweet rice. So why don't you add something to it to uh, get more out of it? And then you throw in a handful of uh, maybe uh, powdered cement and mix it up. And then say, yeah, there's more of it. Now see how it tastes. And uh, yeah, it's really thick and it's got more volume, but it just doesn't taste right. So the material world, although it looks like the sweet rice, 
there's something added to it, the three modalities. And there's a kind of addition here that we can't appreciate. It just doesn't, uh, it doesn't taste right and we can never get satisfied with it. So then the solutions are just give up eating sweet rice altogether, not an option or uh, not for long anyway. Bhagavatam's opinion is if you don't have beauty and if you don't have that aesthetic, uh, uh, pleasing environment, then eventually you're going to look for it in the material world. It's just a fact. And if you take to the practice of devotional service and you don't get that, if you don't have relationships and if you don't have, if you're not experiencing the beauty of the connection with uh, Krishna and the, the uh, kirtan and the prasadam. Like that's why Prabhupada emphasized prasadam so much is you have to have that experience where you sit down and you have prasadam and you just float off to another planet because it's so sublime. We're not into eating, you know, just like, uh, what is that called, macrobiotic? So many devotees were macrobiotic heads when they came to Krishna consciousness because the pervading philosophy was just, become zero and that you know that's a kind of a zero diet just very dull plain and um but in christian consciousness you know you use uh, curry leaves is there anything that tastes better than a curry leaf on this planet i mean you, you take you put a little curry leaf and some rice and um, a little ghee some hot ghee and rice and some curry leaves and then offered to krishna with a tulsi leaf maybe make some cutty a little cutty to go with that and some uh i don't know what do you want to have some subjis that the, uh, are offered to krishna and then you know you take that prasadam and then you sit with others and you take prasadam and you can see each other enjoying this is the spiritual world and then you feel happy satisfied and so <clears throat> association with those who are enjoying in Krishna consciousness. I know when I go to Toronto, I have a, a few God brothers there. Early in the morning, we're up for Mangalartik there at 4.30 a.m. And we're dancing like, you know, peacocks in the, early in the morning. And sometimes in Toronto in December, it's freezing cold outside. And there we are in this big, huge temple hall, just dancing and dancing because I have uh, one god brother is named Dharma Prana. I spent uh, years with him in Chicago, Illinois, uh, back in the old days. He's an unbelievable kirtan singer. An interesting story. He had uh, he had a stroke. Uh, I don't know about 25, 30 years ago, maybe, and one half of his body is completely paralyzed, and also um, he couldn't speak except for he can chant, if you can believe that. <laughs> and he didn't lose his beautiful voice. He was a professional singer before he, he joined the Christian consciousness movement. And he didn't lose his spirit either. He comes to all the programs and with half a body, he dances. And then we have Bhakti Margaswami, the, the most encouraging person on the planet, who whomever he sees, wherever he goes, his main purpose of life to encourage others. And then uh, he's a great Kirtaniya. And then my, my god brother Gora Das comes and Krishna Das Kaviraj. And the, the, then we just have a Kirtan. And then we just feel like dancing. 
we can't help ourselves. We dance and dance and see each other dancing and singing and we feel happy. So you have to have that. And in the spiritual world, that's what goes on. Krishna dances with his friends and he plays flute and there's rhythm and uh, all the time, Shreya kanta kanta parama purusha kalpataravo druma bhumis chintamani See the flutes there? And Krishna is the, the source of all the scales that, that uh, catch our attention when you hear a, a particular scale. And then, oh, that felt really, uh, that was a moving sound, the, the, the sound of the scale. And Krishna, he's the origin of all of them. In fact, all of the ragas, you know that in the science of Indian music, there's raga, that there's particular way that we get moved by the, the tones in a scale and the way they're assembled. And every one of them comes from a personality in the spiritual world. There's millions of them. They all emanate from Krishna's devotees who are pleasing him through, his, through the aesthetics of music and reciprocating by playing music, dancing, singing, and so on. And uh, then if you sit down for prasadam with other devotees and you honor uh, prasadam and you feel happy and then you have something to do to engage, to sp like spread Krishna consciousness or you have a job for typing. Like say, okay, take this stack and type everything out or you have some job in cleaning. It's your job to clean the temple or to... Uh, take care of the vehicles. In St. Louis, Missouri, we used to have about 20 vans. And they, uh, each one of them, they all looked exactly the same, except they had a number on them. And they would go out from the temple to on traveling Sankirtan. They'd come back on the weekends and our head cook and head mechanic, Datta Prabhu, had a tent and they'd all drive in the tent and he'd service the vans. And he was always fully engaged. So uh, we can connect with the eternal spiritual world through the process of bhakti. And we have to have that uh, engagement and also contact with the aesthetics of the spiritual world imported here through the great devotees in their songs and their bhajans and the mantras and the music and so forth in order to lift us above the mundane reality or um, temporary forms and sounds of the of the material world otherwise it's guaranteed we'll go back into the sounds and sights and relationships of the material world unless we have superior ones which are spiritual om tat sat now let's just have a few reflections or questions And the board is now open. Sindhu Kanya Devi Dasi has opened the uh, board for your reviews. Go ahead, Kota Karnava. I can tell you we would say something. You're smiling. Bhakti Raffaella, thank you for you. Terra firma is an Italian used 
also related to sailing, earth being still, not waving, like sea, waves giving the impression that in a navy, the ground is always moving. Thank you very much, Bhaktin Raffaella. Terra firma. The spiritual world is the real terra firma because it's the stable place. This material, material world's always moving. Krishna describes it in the Gita. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. I, I, Hare Krishna. I was just smiling at the comment that Mali Mataji mentioned in the in the chat box. She, she said that um, she, she has a desire that we can have 20 Sanketan vans someday in the future, like St. Louis. <laughs> so that was the comment I was smiling at. Yeah, we can have that. And this is, goes to the ambition. We all have this tendency to want to build something. We're little creators. And if you have a stake in the Christian consciousness movement where you can build something for, for Lord Chaitanya, then you'll feel satisfied that you have some enterprise. So Malini, you can get that, 20 vans. You just put a little number on each side and they send them out to places all over the, uh, the country. Madhav Govinda, you'll go? Yes, definitely. He'll go. He'll take one. There's one van. <laughs> Anybody else want a van? Just say yes, and then you can sort it out later. Yep. Okay, Subhadra will take a van for sure. She's up for all these things. We will also take one. You'll take a van? Okay. Well, then you got... 17 to go. Okay, one one more van for Krishna. Okay, we can get vans. No problem. It's not a big deal. Yes. Just a reflection. Um, it's a very good point today. You um, the, the example of sweet rice and then the cement. Yeah, is very um, you know accurate example of how we can experience this material world. You know, we are making grand planes. You know, building planes, building big skyscraper buildings. You know, going from one country to another country to you know all is we are all doing this for happiness. But unfortunately, we can see from our own experience that you know there is really no happiness from you know anywhere in this material. World, whether you go to the USA or go to this country or that country, there is misery everywhere, there is death everywhere, there is unhappiness everywhere, and you know, the dissatisfaction we can also see dissatisfaction. So, the only solution, you know, is like taking up the mission of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Thank you very much, Tadiya Seva. Those words will resonate in our minds and hearts. Let's look at the verse again. There was a lot in the purport. I want to go through a few points here. It's, it's poetry, actually. So the verse, the land there is touchstone, Chintamani, and the forest abound with desire trees. Material eyes see it as an ordinary place. 
And then Prabhupada writes, the, by the grace of the Lord, his dhammas, and he himself can all be present simultaneously without losing their original importance. Only when one fully develops in affection and love of Godhead can one see those dhammas in their original appearance. So in the Brahma Samhita, Brahma says, Premanjana Churita Bhakti Vilochanena Santaksadaiva Hardeshu Vilokeyanti. Yam Shamasundanamachintya Gunaswarupam Govindamari Purushamta Mahambajani. The way that we see Krishna is by changing the way we see the world. If we're imbued with love for Krishna by getting it through association with those who love him, then we'll see him in everything and see him within our own hearts naturally. So that's the difficulty is that I'm afflicted with avidya or ignorance, which really means I have an aversion to hearing about Krishna, to being with Krishna. It's, it's irrational, but it is uh, a result of developing this kind of aversion that the whole world looks like a gray place. Uh, Srila Nartam Das Thakur, a great Acharya in the preceptorial line of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has said for our benefit that one can perfectly see the Dhams only when one completely gives up the mentality of learning over material nature. So let's just discuss for a minute what it means to completely give up the mentality of learning it over material nature. So there are ways that I uh, want to manipulate every cir circumstance in my life so it comes out in my favor. Yes or no? Yeah. And so it's ingrained, this idea that I'm the controller, I'm the center. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, try to be not like that. Try to be, that was a funny sentence, but anyway, try to be not like that. Uh, be humble. Be, don't be the center, but try to, just in a simple way. Uh, I notice about myself, say so I get together with a few people and devotees and we're sitting and then I want to bring the conversation back to what I'm doing. So I did this, so this is what I think, this is my opinion on the whole thing. Not that we become um, nondescript, but the fact is that I notice it in myself. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, try to be a little more uh, deferential to others uh, and step out of the center and see how you feel about it. Uh, a, a devotee named Karandar Prabhu from the old days, he was a big leader. Prabhupada gave him a lot of responsibility because he was super smart. And he became one of the first GBCs. He was a temple president for a while. His, his uh, brother, Keshava, was also the temple president up here in San Francisco. In any case, uh, I saw a memories uh, video that he made talking about Prabhupada. And he was saying about himself that uh, when he left LA to travel to a few other places, he started feeling uncomfortable. And then he did some self-searching and he noticed Oh, I feel uncomfortable because I'm not the center of, of the tension here. I'm not the I'm not the main one in charge in these other places. Therefore, I feel a little uncomfortable like a small fish in a big pond. 
And so that feeling can actually be a taste for being humble and not in the center can be developed of because of what it offers us to step out of that mentality. And as we talked about before, the, the nectar of insignificance that I'm not so important. Uh, I'm, I'm letting others be important. I'm letting, I'm putting Krishna in the center. Then how do we feel? And if we can start to feel the nectar of that insignificance, then um, it's helpful in opening ourselves to Krishna consciousness. Shamarupa Prabhu. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, thank you for... Hare Krishna Shamarupa, good to see you. Thank you for the, another wonderful and inspiring class as always. I really uh, liked, I liked so many things, but one point I really liked uh, your closing remarks like before uh, concluding the class, you mentioned that we should connect ourselves to spiritual vibration, Acharya's prayers, in order to transcend us uh, from the material uh, uh, material entanglement. Otherwise, for sure, we'll be trapped with the material vibration. Um, that was so powerful, actually. Uh, I was just remembering, I was just reading Chaitanya Bhagavat yesterday. Uh, in the opening, like in the beginning section, it was mentioning how Shiva's used to always, Shiva's and Adyata Acharyas mentioned, they used to always uh, loudly chant and with ghanta and all. And people would be like, uh, you know, they, they will not appreciate it so much. And even Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu afterwards, but they will be in complete ecstasy. Even afterwards, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he used to always encourage chanting and used to chant and dance. Uh, in fact, the whole pastime of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, from babyhood also, he would encourage everybody to chant. And even in the later first time, it's always about chanting and reading Bhagavatam. So I was just um, uh, remembering your instruction also that you concluded so beautifully that we should always some prayer, some chanting, so that we can pull ourselves out of this uh, vibration. Thank you so much for that, Manaj. Nice point, Shamarupa Ganta Bhaje. And then Madhur, Madhur, Madhur Bhaje in Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song about the Panchatattva and his darshan of them and how the devotees are singing and the, the, the tumult of the kirtan is going on. It carries one away. How many of you have ever been in a kirtan where you were carried away? It wasn't that you were just enjoying the kirtan, but you just, you went crazy actually. You lost yourself. You jumped up. You started dancing. You didn't care what anybody else thought, how what you looked like dancing. Yeah, and you didn't even practically know. You were just kind of lifted off the ground because the kirtan was so intense and there was a spontaneous combustion in the crowd and everybody got up. Can you remember a kirtan like that? That's important. Yes, Shraddha. Maharaj, I was remembering how you, um, how you measure the... Um, the potency of a, of a kirtan by saying that if Rasik Shekhar Prabhu starts jumping, this means that the kirtan is really going good. So I remember That's right. The, the memories of those kirtans downtown Palo Alto, before we even had sit down kirtan, we would just stand there and then we'd walk around. And uh, 
Rasika Shekhar Prabhu, he's a distinguished gentleman, a doctor, and uh, stately. He's stately looking. And uh, I always thought he looks like Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya amidst uh, so many others. And then we'd have the kirtan is going and going. He'd be coming from work wearing his very sort of uh, casual, but very nice formal clothes. And then all of a sudden the kirtan would reach the apex and he'd begin dancing and uh, just going wild. And I can remember watching people down this, walking down the street watching. It's like, wow, how can you do that? It's a mystic power that you can be on the street and just dance in abandon like that. And yes, as Shraddha so aptly remembers, that it was a barometer. It's like when Rishikesh Shekhar dances, we know the kirtan hit that chord where we're carried away from. And at this point that Shamarupa Prabhu is making, we need that. Uh, we have to be in some kirtan where we're actually lifted up. The first time I came to, uh, the, I, the first morning, I remember I was at the temple. I, uh, I had joined in the afternoon. And then the next day, and there were a couple of sannyasis there. They had recently taken sannyas and they had come from Vrindavan and they were staying in the temple. Actually, I stayed, they put me in the garage next to the temple. That was the, my new bhakta quarters. And that those sannyasis were staying there too. So we came from Mangalartik in the morning and we came in and the kirtan got going and they were so excited. They were so into kirtan they were playing and they, they would jump high, especially one of them was uh, kind of an athlete before he joined. He could jump really high. He'd play the drum, jump high into the air. And uh, from my eyes, I, I didn't know what was going on, except I was ecstatic. And I, to my vision, every time they started jumping and dancing, I said, now they're seeing Krishna. They just saw him again. <laughs> and uh, I, I was uh, intrigued by it. You know, this, the, the envelopment of the kirtan with the devotees dancing on all sides i have a god brother he's still uh still alive and and well i think he lives in the dom his name is vijitatma he used to dance at every kirtan it doesn't matter how slow or fast it was he would jump up and down and dance at every kirtan to take advantage of it and uh i know that uh, that kind of engagement being absorbed in kirtan and uh, feeling that of course his philosophy was if you're not feeling like dancing, dance anyway, and then we'll feel like dancing. What is the harm? But that kind of absorption is important to carry us away. We can't live on just philosophy or even just japa. We're not Haridas Thakur. We have to have the experience, all these various experiences to make us feel whole in Krishna consciousness. Okay, let's see what else. Okay, I have reflections here. Lots of them. Uh, Mayank, I'm still appreciating Bhakti and Raphael's terra firma thing. Uh, Mayank, based on today's discussion, it seems that in this whole life, we are all working on creating our personal spaceship based on our consciousness and activities. At the end of life, this spaceship can take us to either material planets if we remain in Maya or spiritual planets if we engage in Bhakti. Uh, nice point. It was a, one that Prabhupada made an easy journey to other planets. I must admit that, that the title of that book intrigued me. I wanted to read that right away. It was one of the books that was advertised in 
the uh, Back to God Ed magazine that I got, Easy Journey to Other Planets. And he said, that's, I got to hear what that's about. And it's a science that we are the spaceship. And the way that we're developing our consciousness, Krishna said, is consequential, highly consequential. In fact, I heard a lecture just yesterday where Prabhupada said, if you have a pinch of desire for enjoying the material world, the material nature will accommodate you. And so we, we, uh, we may think, well, how could it possibly be that I don't have a pinch of desire for material uh, enjoyment? Because if we have a superior enjoyment, if we only want to be in kirtan, if we only want to uh, be taking prasadam with the devotees, and if we only want 20 vans for Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, our sense of uh, social engagement and everything to a superior level, then you get, uh, okay, you have spiritual desires. And that's reasonable, that can be done. And then at the time of death, yang yang vapi smaran bhavam kalevaram. There's a way that we're propelled. Okay, Malini's gonna um, weigh in on the vans and other things probably too. Go ahead, Malini. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Prabhu, I had a question um, regarding the Gorangira Jyutipada, um, the song Benadatam Das Thakur. It is uh, there, uh, one of the verses that says that uh, one who understands that the Associates of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, are free from material contamination, um, and they are his associates. Then they they immediately be promoted to the to the Goloka Vindavan. So how can we see that um, amongst amongst the devotees, everybody as associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and they're free of material contamination? So, well, uh, I was thinking just recently about how rare uh, devotees are because in walking through the park, I hear some of the conversations that are going on. For instance, uh, early this morning, I went for a walk and I heard conversation going on and the, 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 uh, the verse, a verse came to my mind. Shukadeva Goswami mentions that you can understand the material atmosphere by the conversations going on. What are people listening to and hearing? And I just overheard a mundane conversation where I detected that it was a conversation just for the sake of talking. And one person was saying something that was unimportant in relationship to our ultimate goal of life. And the other person was just engaging them, listening sort of politely. And I thought all these conversations go on in various circles around the world, but those whose conversations have uh, come to the point of discussing uh, Krishna and uh, uh, Lord Chaitanya's teachings, uh, Krishna's teachings in the Bhagavad Gita and who are interested in hearing it are actually liberated souls because of their deliberate choice of what they wanna hear to the degree that uh, I'm interested in hearing about Krishna, to that degree that uh, I'm uh, a liberated soul. This is the equation Jiva Goswami gives. We can tell for us, we can judge it in ourselves how much I'm attracted to hearing about Krishna consciousness, about Krishna. I'm going in that direction. So 
Rupa Goswami says, Iha yasya hariyadasye karmana manasagira nikila apyavasta su jivan mukta su uchite. Those who are even in this world, in this body, fully engaged with their minds, their words, and their bodies, they're, they're liberated even in this life and in this body. And uh, it's also inconceivable of how uh, powerful Lord Chaitanya's mercy is because as we can see, even those who didn't intend to get his mercy in certain ways, Gopinath Patanayaka was in a, a very difficult situation with the government. He had some indiscretion in his taxes and <laughs> paying his taxes. And, you know, he was uh, unnecessarily being punished. And then afterwards, there were there was a inordinate um, result from Lord Chaitanya's mercy that he was not only saved from the punishment, but reinstated in his work. We're not interested in getting some material benefit, but the author, Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami points out that Mahaprabhu's mercy came to him automatically. And so what to speak of those who have an inkling of desire to help in the Sankirtan movement, that, that's not the perfect comparison. I would compare more to those who were, who were inimical towards Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then still were able to get his uh, blessings. And then what to speak of those who deliberately line up to be in his service by joining the Sampradaya, by then uh, changing their lifestyle habits, all for, for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and maintaining that throughout their life. Uh, how, how abundant, what to speak of automatic will be the mercy of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So if we think in terms of how merciful Krishna is even to demons, what to speak of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is more merciful than Krishna, and that the, those who are interested in Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and serving in his mission, how fortunate they are, and how automatic Lord Chaitanya's mercy is for those devotees. That's one way of looking at it, Malini. Okay, we have either Sukeshri or, or uh, Ramakrishna. Oh, okay. You, that's your mantra. You always say these things. Okay, go ahead, Prabhu. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. I was a little tired yesterday and started putting Bhakti community stickers to the pamphlets. So I just, uh, my mind was saying like, uh, why are you wasting your time? Like, look out the window. So, so many things are going on. So I was just thinking like, enough is enough. Like, you already chewed a lot. Like uh, so, let's listen one lecture and then see how you re how you respond. Like I was just laughing myself. That thank you, Guru Maharaj. Shraddha, what was his main point? I'm trying to understand. Ah, sorry. Um, so Maharaj, his 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 main point was how the mind gets distracted. So he was trying to put some um, stickers and the mind was saying, look out of the window and see wonderful things going outside. But then he has a realization that he had chewed enough of that. So, you know. Oh, that's a good realization. To, to actually feel it in ourselves that I've had, a, I've had enough of chewing the material world. Let me try for something else. It's a difficult situation though. I have to acknowledge this because although to say, okay, there's a higher taste and then there's 
the material world, which is chewing the chewed, there's an interim point too, where we may get caught. And Krishna acknowledges this in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So just because you know there's a higher taste in Krishna consciousness, and even if you've had it a few times, it doesn't mean that you live there completely. And there, there's a journey to take uh, to get from being attracted to the material world and settling for that to the full-time engagement in Krishna consciousness where the taste is so full-blown that there's no going back. There's a wide uh, desert to cross there. So you have to have we have to have help to get over that desert, uh, you know, in a caravan together. This is a, what we got right here, a little caravan. And, uh, you know, going across that, that gap so that we can get to uh, the full-time engagement and the full-blown taste for Krishna consciousness. So don't be discouraged if you end up in that very interesting space where okay, I don't have full taste for Krishna consciousness. I already know the material world is, <laughs> is uh, dry, but I still can't give it up. And so what is Krishna's advice? He says in a verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Jata Shraddha Makatasu Nirvina Sarva Karmasu Veda Dukkha Makankamams Pritya Pranishvara Tato Bajeta Mamprita Shraddhalur Drudanishjaya he mentions that uh, somebody may know that the material world is a dry place and that everything they do here for sense gratification leads to misery. You may know that fully, he says. But then, means you may not have the power to give it up yet. Isn't that an interesting space? On a scale of one to 10, how interesting is it? A nine, ten. six, two, one. Okay, so then, then he says, what should you do? Don't give up, keep going. Keep, keep stay in the process. He, and I, th I think the very fact that he acknowledges that uh, we may be in that uh, space sometimes is very encouraging, isn't it? That he knows, okay, yeah, you're going to be in that space. Keep going because gradually you'll come to the ultimate stage. And he says, you can have a little pinch of remorse, but don't get all depressed because um, first of all, Krishna consciousness is so powerful that you're going to get there no matter what, eventually. So don't worry. It's not that you're going to miss it. And uh, second of all, if you get morose, chronically morose about the, your condition, that I'll never get out of this, then you can sabotage yourself, self-sabotage. It's one of the tricks of Maya to make, make me disappointed or illusioned, maybe blame the process, blame somebody else, blame myself, I'll never be there. So he said, don't do that either. So there's a little advice that he gives there. Sukeshri. I was just thinking you had mentioned about um, one of the devotees, I mean, one of the uh, persons who had gone to a different uh, temple and he realized that, uh, you know, he was usually leading, but then there he was not. And I was just thinking the that, I mean, I, I understood this way, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I was just thinking that a living entity, till the living entity gives up the um, ahankar, you know, it's me, you know, for satisfying my ego. Um, I'll never be able to really satisfy Krishna. So how do we do that? You know, um, just giving up that uh, I'm the doer. I mean, how much ever I try, 
I'm not able to give it up. So, yes. well, one way it's very convenient is in our Sankirtan uh, party is to think more uh, team rather than the individual. I've noticed that this is very practical, actually, because you get a lot of realizations from not being the main thing, uh, the main feature. Uh, let the team be the main thing. You know, I, I preach this all the time, and it's, it, it's really a kind of a practice for our Krishna consciousness that I'm, I'm not the head person, I'm not the best. Um, and so then go for the team. How did the team do rather than how did I do? And how did I show up on it? And if you can transfer more towards as long as the world's doing well in Krishna consciousness rather than my score shows up, you can actually go there. You can transfer your, your intention that I want to see the team successful to please Prabhupada. And if you do that, it, you know, it seems like a risk to your false ego that, but, but, but wait a minute, I won't be acknowledged. Well, how am I going to get credit for it? Don't worry, Krishna knows who's doing what. In fact, it's mentioned, you know, say there's like a festival going on and there's 200 devotees sitting making garlands. And then they put them in a huge pile. And then the garlands all get offered to the Lord. He knows who made what garland. In fact, he knows what plant made the flowers for each garland. <laughs> and he, he keeps track of all these things. Vedaham samatitani vartamana anicharjuna bhavishani chabhutani mamtu vedanakashjana. Krishna says, nobody knows me, but I know all of you. I know what's going on out there. So don't worry about it. And if you can do that, uh, use your engagement in the Sankirtan movement to transfer your sense of like, I did this, I'm the one, where's my recognition to like, let it just happen for the service of Srila Prabhupada. And then if you risk it on that, on that level, then you'll start to see, actually, I feel better about life when I do that. And then it's a possibility. You can actually start to transfer all your assets out of the false ego bank account and put them into like, as long as it's service for Krishna, then I'm satisfied. That's the wealthiest type of person who'd already got all their assets out of that bank account that, that's going to be at some point closed and moved it into Krishna's bank account, then you really got some wealth. Thank you, Prabhu. I just feel it's yeah. like the tar stuck on me. <laughs> like the doer mentality, you know, it's like the tar on the road. It, it doesn't, it is so difficult to take out. <laughs> Thank you, Prabhu. Welcome to the material world. And that, you know, that tar example, it's a, it's a sticky substance. So no doubt the material world is a sticky place, but the Ma Mantra is the ultimate solvent. You ever get anything on your, on your couch or your rug or your, your best kurta or sari, and then it's like, this is never coming out. And your friend goes over, no, you need a little club soda, that's all. You put it on there, it's like, yeah, it came right out. It's, there are solvents. There's a solvent for everything in this world. And the solvent, the universal solvent is the holy name. And so keep chanting. And the solvent will actually dissolve the stickiness of the material world, the false ego, that seems like it'll never come out, like mango sap. In fact, the gopi said, the Krishna's, Krishna is like a mango sap. He get, it gets in your hair and you can never get it out. So like, we're trying to forget him, they said, and then we can't forget him. So then in spiritual life, it goes the other way. You get so entangled 
in uh, Krishna consciousness, then you can't get that out of you either <laughs> instead of the material world. So just transfer it. Thank you. Bali Prabhu. Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisance. Right, Kusum Sarovra. Kusum Sarovra, Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisance. He's a mystic yogi. He travels to all the dams. Hare Krishna. Your mercy, bro. I am very fortunate to join at least Zoom. Always watching the social media. Um, so I am just realizing that today, maybe many people forget the days, March 13th. We are celebrating one year of pandemic official pandemic in US, which was declared in March 13, 2020, Friday. And it is just one year Saturday or day off. And after this, likely a new year starts likely in South India, Amavasya, right? This sunny Amavasya happened yesterday. So we celebrated and it is mentioned that those people who are expert in developing more skills and determinations, they are successful in the pandemic. And as a team ISV, we have developed our skills in distributing books in the pandemic, like virtual, online, and et cetera, which is people are following. And not only that we are not proud of our skills or proud of our determinations, rather than also we are dependent on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy. Just like one reflection I got from the Madhalila where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how he cured the diseases of Amoga. And uh, when he was there, Saram Vatacharya is not there, but uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came in. Amagara Kahetari Bukhe Hastadila means just placing the hand on the chest of uh, Amoga, the disease is gone. So similarly, we are dependent on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Bhaktivinoda Thakur also says, NHC Osodhi Maya Nasivaralai. This real vaccine medicine is the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. And thank you, Prabhuji, for you are showering your mercy every Saturday. We are so fortunate this whole weekend gets purified by uh, your causeless mercy giving to all of us. I wanted to share my gratitude to you for this pandemic one year, you are developing determination and enthusiasm in all of us. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Bali Mardan Prabhu, for your reflections and your, your uh, generosity towards me. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that it'll go down as one of the most productive times in, in our history. It was very different, but we were able to, in many ways, in personal practices, all of us isolate and look at it, examine our practices. How do we do sitting in a room? I don't know, everyone has different circumstances, but there was some self-reflection required during the pandemic. And also, uh, as Bali Prabhu points out, this development of skills, and it's uh, marked that uh, all over the world, devotees who applied themselves during the pandemic found that they broke through in many different ways and found new um, and better ways to spread Christian consciousness. So thanks for reminding me that it's a one year, um, we've had a gift from Krishna to have this opportunity to go through this all together. It'll be uh, on our portfolio permanently. Okay, uh, um, Radha Kripa Prabhu. Maharaj, I wanted to add to your point when you mentioned about Krishna knows everything. Uh, you know, even the the tree from where the you know those flowers are you know brought to make those garlands. <clears throat> I, I remember actually your two instructions when you know when you mentioned that uh, I think you shared a story about Prabhupada that one of your god brother might be you know he wanted to go very close to Prabhupada. 
and then as he touched Prabhupada, went really close, and then he really felt that he's so far from him, even so close. And then also, I remember another instruction which you mentioned uh, in your previous lectures also that the service, devotion service is absolute. It's not that if you're doing a pujari service or you're doing far away from cleaning the toilets, there's a difference in that one. And that the same mood we try to incul inculcate in uh, our Janmashtami parking, because when we were trying to you know, organize, it's very difficult to, to, to understand that one. But once you understand that, that the person who is sitting in a parking lot, you know, just taking care about the car on the day when everybody wanted to be in front of, you know, Brother Mother Mohan's, you know, deities and wanted to have darshan. That understanding, I think we really, I really core of my heart is thankful. You addicted that, you know, the doubt in our mind, you know, you have to be there. You want to be first in the line that disappeared. Now, with that clarity, we can not only do ourselves, but also encourage other people that the service is absolute. And then, you know, Krishna noticed that it is not that you need to tell anyone. So we use that one. It really helped us to recruit the people, tell them, even if you're so far off, you're far more connected than maybe if you are so close because they may not be there at all. So I just thought to share your two instruction, which is very useful and helpful. These are important points. And Prabhupada, because he had that vision, the potential of every living entity and how devotional service is absolute, he had the capability of encouraging people everywhere. As an example, one of my god brothers is an artist. He once bemoaned the fact that he couldn't go on book distribution, he's always painting. And we'll hear from Driti uh, Dasi tomorrow. I, I was interviewing her uh, just recently and she was talking about her sojourn in Krishna consciousness and how she actually joined Krishna Conscious right at the time of the um, Chaitanya Charitamrita marathon uh, and was kind of thrown into the marathon. And um, anyway, uh, more about that later. I don't want to take too much time on that. But my point is that uh, Prabhupada told this artist who said, oh, you know, all the book distributors are going out and uh, uh, here I am, I'm just painting. And Prabhupada said, the the artists are the best book distributors. And Prabhupada had a way of encouraging every one of the devotees by uh, in, uh, showing them how uh, service is absolute. It's, it's the mood in which you do it that's most important. And a couple of devotees uh, who didn't come to the Mayapur festival one year, Rohini Sutta and uh, Manidar, who are famous book distributors in Swiss, uh, in Switzerland, and they, uh, they didn't come to the, the Mayapur festival, which is pretty much unheard of back in those days when Prabhupada was there. Prabhupada asked where they were, and he said they wanted to stay and distribute books, and Prabhupada deeply appreciated it, that they were um, connected through their service in separation. There's a couple more uh, comments and questions. I'm going to finish off the board, and then we'll go for the uh, Guru Puja. Not that we'll go anywhere, but will transport ourselves through the Guru Puja. A question, this is coming from Ankit. Uh, based on today's discussion, can we say that Krishna's beauty is his most attractive opulence out of the six opulences he possesses? Yes, it's mentioned in the, in the Bhaktivedanta Sindhu that the, the, the prominent feature of the spiritual world is wonderment. And that wonderment is based on the fact that Krishna is always getting more beautiful every time you see him. 
at Chitra Lake Kasaki says, I was asking some friends if it is a good idea to get out of the material world. One of them said, it may create a desire to die quickly to go to the spiritual world. Please, how may I best answer her? Well, it depends what you consider to be death. Uh, so <clears throat> actually our philosophy is Marnam before Smarnam, <laughs> die to live. So death actually means giving up our uh, proprietorship here in the material world. You can die before you die. In fact, that's how you cheat death. Prabhupada said, cheat death before death cheats you. <laughs> so how do you cheat death? Just uh, give up your proprietorship. It doesn't belong to me. It's all for Krishna. And then when death comes to knock and says, okay, give me all your stuff, say, sorry, it's in a revocable living trust. I already gave it to Krishna. I don't have any. Just like the government says, give me your money. It's like, I don't have any money. It's in a trust. <laughs> put, all your, uh, put all your desires into the, the trust. Put all your ambitions into that trust. So it can't be touched by any uh, collector who comes by. And that's what real death means. And so you don't have to worry about it. We, we're not going to. Um, the mood of devotional service is not to die because Prabhupada also mentioned there was one devotee who committed suicide because he thought he made a huge discretion and uh, Prabhupada said he has avoided service so even if you uh, feel like leaving uh, Sanat Goswami thought I'll, I'll jump in front of the Rathiatra cart I'm not worthy of being in Mahaprabhu's association I'm not doing anything worthy so I'll jump in front of the Rathiatra cart in Mahaprabhu's presence. He didn't tell anybody, but Mahaprabhu is omniscient. So he told him one day, I don't approve of your, <laughs> your program. He said, if I could have attained Krishna by uh, committing suicide like that, I would have already done it a million times. So that's not, not the process. And th so if there is a desire that, okay, let me die quickly, go to the spiritual world, that's... You go to the spiritual world while you're in this body. It's not that, that we're in some material consciousness and then we die and then all of a sudden we go and no, while we're in this lifetime, we develop Krishna consciousness. And that same consciousness is transferred into the spiritual world. So uh, die to live. Maranam before Smaranam. Prem Sarovra. Reflection, Mahaprabhu conducting Vyasa Puja of Lord Nityananda itself taught us the value of humility by action. Yes, he took one of the kalpanas of Nityananda Prabhu, he pulled, put it into strips, he said, wear this on, on your head, this will give you sense control. Sri uh, Madhava Mahotsava, a reflection. Thank you for channeling the spiritual world such a practical way. It reminds me of how the subject matter of the Srimad Bhagavatam becomes sweeter when received through the mouth of Srila Shukadeva Goswami. When you were talking about music and rhythm, I was reminded of some kirtans of Indra Prabhu. I can't really understand it, but makes me want to dance without any reservations. It carries me away. That's important. The kirtan should want to make us, uh, we should want to be carried away by the kirtan and um, there's only one direction we get carried by kirtan, and that's to the spiritual world. And final reflection from ja Shraddha. I read in Janavi Harrison's Instagram that um, one of her devotee friends got caught up in a stream of Ganga and Rishikesh and was getting washed away. 
before the help reached this devotee thought of detergent jingle that the devotee had been listening to through childhood. Yeah. The devotee later wondered how deep rooted that jingle was in the consciousness of this devotee that at the time of almost death, that's what surfaced in the mind despite all the chanting and hearing. Yeah, so that's a, a you know, we should be a little slightly concerned about that, not to take too many more jingles in and um, take the holy name in as much as possible. Prabhupada writes in the 17th mantra of the Sri Shapanishad, Vayuat Anilam Amritam Atidam Bashmantam Shariram, Om Kratosmara Kritam Smara. Finish it. Very good. That uh, the at the time of death, the devotee is thinking, please remember all my sacrifices, my Lord. And then Prabhupada writes very definitively that you don't have to remind Krishna of your sacrifices. He knows what you've done. So, so if somehow or other the devotee becomes disoriented at the time of death and can't remember Krishna, because it's a very confusing situation because I'm so used to being my body. And then when I'm separating from it, it's like, wait, what? So there's, there's a way in which Prabhupada says that uh, Krishna won't forget you. So I know that may sound antithetical what I said a few minutes ago, but the, the point is that Krishna uh, doesn't forget how we've dedicated ourselves throughout this lifetime. And he will help us you know, in those uh, situations, even when the jingles come up, he can override all of those things by his mercy at the time of death. But it's a good uh, reminder that uh, we have work to do. So if we, if we stay engaged in uh, the beauty of Krishna consciousness, uh, the hearing process and so forth, and that, that becomes our primary interest in life, that's a good place to be. And it's uh, important to actually develop that not philosophically, not think about it, but actually do it so that we really do have an interest in hearing Krishna Kata, burning desire. And uh, that's what uh, one of Prabhupada's God brothers used to say is the safe side. Get on the safe side of life and transfer your uh, affection uh, and your hearing process over to Krishna Kata. Better transfer your assets now before the uh, Yamaraj collection agency comes and uh, better to transfer them all out and, and put them in a different account, the Krishna Trust Fund, before he comes and says, okay, give it all back. Hare Krishna. Hey,